Farmer. My name really is Ben Grimm. Two episodes in one week. Two episodes done in one week. That's what I'm talking about. And what a week. Ups and downs. Maybe too many downs. Headed to the beach, though. Fourth of July. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Get out of town. Much needed uh, getaway. I've got three bands I want to put together all in this show, in one show. They're all fronted by killer vocalists. Let's start this by talking with Emily Wolf. Running with the plan B with recording, but, you know, everything's okay. How's it going? Good. How about you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you've done quite a lot of interviews yeah. that, you know, what I can tell from the computer is, uh, is there anything that you don't get a chance to talk about? Um, yeah, actually, um, a lot of people don't know how much of a gear nerd I am. Like, uh, how, like I'm obsessed with like guitar pedals and, um, pedal boards and gear, like different kinds of gear. So nobody seems to ask me about that. <laughs> but yeah. What have you been doing lately with, with gear and talk about that a bit. Yeah, well, I've actually been trying to find a, a guitar sound that I'm really proud of. Like, Hendrix has his sound. Um, uh, Gary Clark Jr. kind of has his sound. <laughs> he has a Hendrix-esque sound. But um, I've been playing guitar since I was seven, so that's, well, six, so I don't know how many years that is. That's almost 20 years. So um, I think... I've been trying to chase my own sound. I know a lot of guitar players want to get, you know, a certain pedal to sound like another guitar player, but I've been trying to chase my own sound and see what I can get. Um, got a lot of different pedals adding up. It's kind of expensive, but fun. So it's a new addiction, I think. <laughs> I was just talking to my roommate, Todd, who was just on the last episode of the show about gear, and we, he was talking about a magazine in this whole world of, uh, you know, audiophile, like, really expensive gear that people are chasing a sound that it's, you know, it's kind of, they're it, they're just they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on really expensive gear to kind of, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if it's another, if it's a nerd thing, but it's kind of a, it gets a little, gets, a, I guess, out of hand sometimes, and maybe, you know, just, just an old broken down record player is just all you need sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I have gotten, like, oh, I've gotten several pedals recently, and, like, um, I've noticed that I I think that the best sound is just a natural guitar-to-amp sound, you know? Like, even though it's so much fun to play with pedals and see what you can get, um, I've noticed, like, just a, a small preamp is sounds really good, you know? Like, a lot of guitar players depend on their pedals for their sound, but I think it has to be under your fingers first to really stand out. Um, yeah, expensive gear is difficult, especially for musicians, since it's, like, <laughs> they're, like, one of the least uh, paid, um, you know, it's a it's not a, a lucrative profession for a lot of people, but I don't know. It is fun. Expensive gear is not really... I don't know, a lot of people say, like, boutique pedals are the way to go, but I don't know, sometimes I think that they might be a waste of money. So. 
Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. Get it, you know, get it under your fingers and not rely on too much effects and, yeah. and try to try to find your own thing and do your own thing. Yeah. So recent tour, you want to talk about that a bit? You guys were going along the coast of California? Yeah, we went, um, we drove to California in a 15-passenger van. It was so fun. I don't know why, but that's like, it feels like home, like being like roaming around in a van to me. I don't know why, because it's not. You like the nomad lifestyle. Yeah, I do. It's fun. It's like, what's going to happen next? I never know. Um, Yeah, we played um, in Santa Ana with a guy named William Elliott Whitmore, who's really good. Um, He's great. He's got this kind of like, like stomp, backwoods sound. Um, And then I played Bottle Rock. Uh, Napa is a festival, which was amazing. That was, it's a small festival. Not a lot of people know about it, but it's, I mean, it was so great. I saw Brett Denon and Tristan Prettyman and Snoop, which was fun. <laughs> um, let's see. Then we played The Mint in L.A. Um, and then went to Vegas and played a show. Um, and then we drove back. So it was short-lived, but it was fun. Anything, anything, any uh, crazy story along that tour that kind of sticks out that you want to talk about? Yeah, actually, um, on our way through, let's see, Arizona. Yeah, on our way through Arizona, we got a flat tire, and it was so terrifying because the van, we had all of our gear in it, and it's very top-heavy, and I don't know how, but our keyboard player, like, she was driving, Hannah was and she got the van to stop because like it felt like it was going to tip over and mm-hmm. like we <laughs> I saw my life flash before my eyes <laughs> but um yeah we we called AAA and it I mean it was no big deal but I don't know road road warriors I guess <laughs> no, I guess that's a bit better than the old V-dub camper passenger vans that always break down and yeah well that art you know artists love cruising around in those but yeah. they need work all the time yeah you gotta take a mechanic with you if you take one of those <laughs> and youtube helps yeah you can if you have some tools you can be your own mechanic with youtube these days that's great yeah youtube is great for i actually go to youtube to see how pedals will sound before i buy them so yeah youtube's great so your drummer i think i met i think i met him at gypsy lounge Really? Recently, I don't know if it's a doppelganger or not. Has he done some work with White Denim and? Um, is it Jeff? Jeff. I, see, Olson. I can't quite. Rem- I think that was. Yeah. A name doesn't you know come back to me, but. Yeah, he um, he kind of he kind of left. Um, I'm not really sure where he's where he's headed, but. Oh, he's not with you guys anymore. Um, not really. I'm not totally sure if, if he wants to play with me or not because he's doing this great thing with Bob English, which is James Petrelli from White Denim. It's his side project, and they went to Europe recently, and I think he might have been, you know, taken under that wing, and he might be going that direction. But, you know, whatever he wants to do, whatever makes him happy. So, But I've been playing with a guy named Michael Gonzalez recently. who's I mean, he went on the tour with us, and he's amazing. He's got a really great style, and... Um, he's just a really jolly guy, so he was fun to have on the tour too. Have you had you know a staple 
a stable same cast of characters or are you kind of a lot yeah. kind of a lot of different um, band members well for the most part I've played with the same people I've definitely played with the same bassist the whole time um, I mean I was I didn't play with the band when I put my first record out and once I started wanting to play out live more I was like hey you guys want to play with me and Sam Pankey plays bass uh, in my band and Hannah uh, has played keys and sang for a while but she's moving to New York now so I think things are about to change um, as far as who I play with why like musician wise and um, yeah we'll see what happens with that but either way I think I want to try and downsize anyway you know like play more solo stuff and maybe play more raw just drums bass and me and see what happens that way you know um it is sad to like not be able to play with the same people forever but it's not really realistic when I think about it you know yeah so I mean I've been really really lucky to play with the same people for as long as I have which has been two three years so Hannah Hagar your keyboard player is about to move to New York and you're just going to maybe run without without keys in the band for a little while and see how that goes? Yeah, I'm going to see how that goes. Um, I I play also with another guitar player who's got this kind of like surf rock style. And I was actually thinking about maybe seeing if he could play some of her key parts on guitar and see how that sounds. Um, but yeah, everything's kind of up in the air at the, at the moment with who I'm playing with or what happens next, you know. Um, I'm trying to write a new record and um, without the influence of anybody else um, just because I want to see what that's like, you know. I mean, I did it, my very first record, I wrote completely on my own without the help of anyone else. And, um, well, I mean, Hannah wrote some lyrics, but, you know, for, for the most part it was me. And I, I kind of miss that, you know, like miss... Um, just kind of creating a product knowing that it's this is me you know like I did this my on my own not that I don't like playing with other people because I really do I just I think I like writing solo best talk about tell me about the ACL experience and you know do you well tell me about playing it Emily Wolf playing ACL but is you know personally do you like seeing bands at you know big spectacle festivals like that and do you you know do you enjoy those sort of things just as you know being a spectator well as an artist it's amazing um I loved ACL as like a part of the lineup but festivals I kind of hate them as a spectator because I don't know I'm just more of I really like going to shows that you can pay attention to the music and you know be closer to the people with the band yeah yeah and um I don't know, something about festivals, I just get so, like, overloaded sensory-wise that I just can't even pay attention to the music, so it's like, there's no point, and, like, it's just really stressful more than anything for me, but as an artist playing, ACL was so awesome. There was, I mean, like, being back in the artist village, was it was a great break from that sensory overload and everything, um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you feel, but on, you know, on stage when you're, you know, working your ass off, I I know you obviously, you you know, you're on 
you're on stage at ACL, but is it stressful because of those same things that you feel like people are disconnected and not really paying attention to what you're doing up there? Or is um, that a thing that you, or, yeah. or people, you know, people, uh, bands on stage in general have a problem with? I think, I feel like festivals are kind of tricky because there is that element of people who just kind of want to go and, you know, have background music, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think as an artist, like what you really have to do for it to be an enjoyable experience playing is like just focus on the people who are paying attention, like which could just be, you know, the front two rows. Um, But I mean, if more people are listening, that's great. But like, I remember when we played, like, there weren't that many people because I played at, like, 11, 15 a.m. or something, um, which was fun. But um, I think, you know, like, if you really want people to listen, it's going to be hard in a festival setting just because there's so much else going on. Um, But, you know, focusing on the first couple of rows of people who are, you know, there, engaged, singing along, paying attention to you and really there to watch you. I think that, you know, just putting all of your focus into that and playing to them like it's just you guys, you know, in a room playing, then it makes it a lot more fun, I think. Because I I did for a while there when I played and I didn't really have any of a fan base, like – it did get hard to look through the room and not see anybody really paying attention because, I mean, nobody knew who I was, and I mean, it's still the case for the most part, but um, it gets really hard if you don't focus on who, like, the, even the one person who's paying attention to you, you know, so. Okay. So, your brain surgery, you want to <laughs> mention, yeah, you have a full license to use the expression, well, it's not brain surgery. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, tell me about that a bit. Sorry, well, um, I had brain surgery last summer um, for a subdural hematoma. Um, it was pretty terrible. Like, yeah, it felt like, I mean, I, I had had some seizures and um, was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. But, and I remember before I went, uh, like when I was, going under anesthetic um it was before ACL it was a few months before that it was like last July when we played in October but I remember telling the nurse I was like hey this has to go well because I have to play ACL (laughs) so I mean it was no big deal I mean I'm fine now it was just kind of a random thing you know like a reset button a wake-up call um because I did struggle a lot with alcohol addiction and I'm since sober now I've been sober probably I think 129 days today but a lot of that had to do with how frequently I was drinking and how bad it was you know and um so yeah I mean now that I'm sober everything's amazing i didn't really realize how many hours in the day there were until now um so you had a fast recovery yeah i did um i i had like 51 staples in my head and i think that i i believe i had those still when i was 
playing ACL, I think, but, you know, so that was kind of annoying, trying to headbang, but, like, it's okay now. Everything's great. I think sometimes when you fall into a dark place, you just need a reset, and I think that that brain surgery was my reset button. As difficult as it was, you know, I needed it, I think. So you made a run at, at stand-up comedy for a little while before before music and got, you know, more comfortable on stage. Yeah. You have any... You have any bits from that you want to uh, oh, you want to lay down or, or any jokes that you totally <laughs> from your stand up comedy days? I forgot all of them and I forgot how to deliver them. So I wish I had some in my back pocket to give you. But... Damn. <laughs> yeah, I tried comedy. Um, I think it's just like I knew I wanted to be on stage, and I didn't I didn't know that I could do it music wise because I don't know I was just discouraged with how hard it could be. But, you know, once I tried it, I was like, I guess I should just keep at it and see I guess it's true. All comedians want to be rock stars, and all <laughs> rock stars want to be comedians. It's true. That is true. <laughs> so that that Violent Veins Sessions Factory is really fucking cool. Yeah. That video. Yeah. Uh, talk. T- tell me about the Sessions Factory. Is that in Austin? I couldn't. I was clicking through the website, but. Yeah, it's actually... Um, yeah, it's based in Austin. My manager and her friend CJ um, uh, were a team doing that. They've since part, parted ways, but it's kind of just like a video production uh, company, and they did a lot of uh, videos for people, like Max Frost did it when I did it, um, uh, Dan Kroll, Shaky Graves, um, Walk the Moon, I think, did it. Yeah, Yeah, Walk the Moon did it. It was fun. It was just basically like a warehouse, kind of Andy Warhol-ish vibe, um, real artsy. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was during ACL two years ago. I haven't ended up there, or I haven't, I hadn't heard about it until I was... You, you have tons of well-produced content on YouTube, which is great, and that's, um, it's quite a, it's quite a collection. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually at VUCA on... I believe South First, um, which is just a space for people to go and work, I think, you know, take pictures or whatever. It's it's kind of an artist space. Um, so, yeah. The Sessions Factory, that was kind of just a pop-up, like, uh, production thing that they did at Buka, So You guys are doing a Farewell Holy Mountain show. That's... I, yeah. I'm I'm glad to see that. <laughs> yeah, farewell uh, to to Hannah and Holy Mountain. And Hannah. Yeah, Hannah will be. I think that this will be our last show with us for. That'll be a big while. night. Yeah, it's sad, but you know, I think, I think it's the best for her. She's always wanted to go to New York, so and live there, and I think that, you know, it's going to be hard, but ultimately, I think it's the right move for her. Have you done have you done any work or uh hung out with the guys from a giant dog or purple? Cuz I'm kind of this whole this whole episode for the podcast is going to be like a girl fronted oh, featured nice. type thing. So those are the other two bands that I'm tossing in with with you guys. Band. Yeah, actually I have a really funny story about that. I um so I went to St. Edward's University um and graduated in 2012, but do you know the band The Eastern Sea? I, yes. Okay, yes. with Matt Hines. Um, so I had this kind of 
kind of band in uh, college with my roommate, and we were called the City Sounds, and um, we were this, like, hit amongst, you know, the very small group of people that went to St. Edward's. But anyway, so the Eastern Sea was like, hey, do you guys want to open this show at Spider House for us? And we were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is our big break. Because <laughs> it was like our, our first ever show. And um, actually a giant dog played after us before the Eastern Sea. So I hope they don't remember that gig because it was the first gig that I ever played. And it was pretty bad. But um yeah, I I do know them, and I know uh, Mike McCarthy knows them a lot. He he's produced the majority of my EPs, and so these are good questions. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. Well, Emily Wolf, thank you very much. That was great. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much.
That is Swoon by Emily Wolf. Check out emilywolfmusic.com and go watch that Violent Veins Sessions Factory video on YouTube. Really awesome. So, was talking about a giant dog some before. Explosive, energetic performers. They just kill it at, at their shows and I promised some a few shows ago. I promised a giant dog a few episodes ago. Making good with that. A very raw band making great music. This is Damn It Pomegranate from A Giant Dog. show purple immediately fell in love with this three-piece purple it's what they go by hannah brewer on drums and vocals that's badass playing drums and uh you know and and run and running vocals she splits the duties with that but still really badass talented beyond their young years a band from beaumont texas finally something cool from beaumont texas the album, 409, produced by Frenchie Smith and recorded and mixed at Sonic Ranch, will just beat you over the head with sound. This band is just getting started. I hope you like it. Broken Teeth by Purple. Purple. 